best of Phil Hoffman Travel. It costs no more to travel with the best. This is 5AA Travel Talk. And Phil Hoffman joins us in the studio. Phil, I reckon you've been waiting nearly two and a half years for this announcement. Yeah, absolutely, Cruising Jade. Back we got off the, the press. We got the announcement this morning, and Tammy sent me down a, a brief from the uh, you know the parliamentarians and about mm-hmm. it uh, from Dan Teague, the Minister of Tourism. It is exciting news because we have 25 months we haven't had cruising in and out of Australia, so it's great news. And I had calls yesterday from uh, different cruise lines on just sort of saying, wait, be be patient. We think it's coming, and it came this morning, so we got the official news that uh, we'll, we'll have cruising in and out of Australia. Well, it's a and very official press release. So we've got Minister for Health and Aged Care, Minister for Home Affairs, Minister for Trade, Tourism and Investment, who have all put their names to this release and said, on the basis of medical advice, the Australian government will not renew the ban on international cruise ships. It will depart, well, it expires basically on April 18, April. which means you can We're, cruise from April yeah. 18. So so we reckon we'll have the first P&O ship cruising out of uh, Sydney on uh, May the 31st, and we think we'll have Bris- uh, Princess out of Brisbane early June, and then all of a sudden other other cruise lines will get announcements coming out, but they'll be the two that will probably dominate the market doing what we call the winter season, which okay. is great. We didn't think we we're going to get that the way it was going. And I've just received from one of my girls in the office saying that there'll be four departures out of Adelaide in October, November, just small cruises. So yes. there'll be a couple of cruises doing four nights visiting Port Lincoln and Kangaroo Island, which is great for, you know, uh, interest, sorry, domestic tourism for them yeah, to bring uh, sure. your ships down. And if you want to dip your toe into cruising Yeah, as well. absolutely. Yeah, four-nighters. So there's two departures, 31st of October and the 7th of November. And then on the 4th of November, we've got a comedy cruise for three nights. To, cruises really just a couple of places, but you have yeah. comedy uh, you know, going on all the time on the ship, which is fantastic. And then the 11th of uh, November, it's a, a three-nighter to Melbourne via uh, Burnie, via Tasmania. So again, so they're little tastes. And then I think you know next year, you'll see it really rev up again. And mm-hmm. so, and then the big ships will come down as well from you know, Royal Caribbean and a Norwegian cruise line. So now that that announcement has been made, they will all be making plans. So I think we're going to see a very big September, October, November, Christmas with uh, big cruise lines coming down and bringing out uh, great itineraries. So we're, we're very excited. As I said, we've waited a long time, but good news that it's finally here. So we've been talking a lot about cruising in the, you know, but overseas yes. and so many of the ships are being booked out for this year and oh. next year. So with the, this announcement now, will there be some really cracking good deal. Oh, absolutely, because, you know, all the cruise lines will want to get the market back. They want to prove to their owners over in the States that, you know, because Australia was the second fastest growing market for them, and that's why we were getting such great ships coming out here, because our market was growing. I mean, we went from, you know, very small numbers to 1.4 million in a, 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 think about a five or six year period. So it was fantastic, the growth, and all of a sudden it stopped for two years. Mm -hmm. So I think you're going to see great prices out there, great itineraries coming up. Uh, and especially when they bring the ships out, uh, uh, Jade, that they give some great itineraries. So if you're bringing out from Vancouver or from America or from Honolulu, they have some really great itineraries and also great prices to bring. So they don't they don't want to bring the ship out empty. So they want to fill it up. So and Aussies often will fly into those places and then get jump on those what we call Trans Pacific cruises as well. So uh, so yeah, it's very exciting time. But re- last week we had some really good news because we've been working with all the airlines, and Singapore announced they're going to increase their numbers up to. Uh, six flights a week. Um, we've, uh, that's so excellent. that's really from ex- Adelaide. yeah from Adelaide. 
Uh, we're waiting to know with Qatar whether they'll increase their numbers, which I, I think they, they will once we see the you know numbers filling up and, and uh, I think we'll see them grow to probably you know maybe five in the future and then seven. So what would it have been pre-COVID roughly? Seven, yeah, daily, it daily. Was. So we had... So we're nearly so, Yeah, so, so in pre-COVID we had daily with Singapore Airlines, we had daily with Qatar, daily with Emirates, mm. daily with Cathay, six with uh, Air New Zealand and then a couple with Malaysian Airlines. So, so we had terrific, uh, you know, opportunities mm, for people to indeed. fly internationally out of Adelaide. Now, the good news is, as I said, uh, we're hearing rumours that Fiji Airlines may fly out of Adelaide Ooh, direct to Nandi. Great. So that would be fantastic. When? Well, the rumour is, and it's only, these are all rumours. Th- sorry, this is particularly it's only rumour. Uh, is could be June, so it could okay. be loaded in Ooh, the next month in or time so. For the winter school holidays and school holidays in July. So, so we're sort of waiting. Fingers crossed that. Yes. You know, they'll get the tick. So uh, what's that flight look like then? How many hours It's about is a that? four hours and 15 minutes, 20 oh, minutes. I did it uh, once uh, with the family, took the, mm-hmm. the grandchildren all down to Fiji, and it was four hours, 10 minutes. Fantastic. But the times are going to be better on this in terms of uh, when you'll go, when you'll arrive in Fiji, etc. So, so, so what are they thinking? Uh, well, I think it'll be early in the morning, you know. Right. So, you know, when I say early in the morning, it could be 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, but it'll be good mm-hmm. timing so that you get over there in a good time and be able to get to your resorts and that. So that's exciting news so we're going to keep our listeners informed on that oh, the other this news, is good news this yeah. means that we're healing <laughs> we the are. world's opening up slowly yeah and, and a lot of the uh, conditions the quarantine conditions are being dropped uh, Jade yeah, several so getting into you know, Fiji's made it right? easier uh, Bali's open now or as from mm-hmm. today I think it is uh, you can't uh, Jetstar will start services in May out of Adelaide Jetstar straight to Bali so to Dembensar so we'll have that so we're sitting a really opening up of uh, a lot of the places. Malaysia's opening up uh, as from uh, April the 1st. Vietnam's opened up. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunities now for people to get up and go, as I said, with less quarantine conditions. Um, and uh, But again, you still need to check with, with us on all those conditions when you fly. That is fantastic. Well, look, we're going to take a very short break because we've got a special guest we coming have. up afterwards. But before we do, you've got some Phil Hoffman travel events that people can book into. Yeah, we have. Canada we- and Alaska. Yeah, we're releasing Alaska next week, uh, and so Canada Alaska for 2023. This is a launch event, and this will be at the Glenelg Sky Deck on the 29th of March, and I think the 29th is a Tuesday at 6 p.m. But you've got to register, um, okay. Jade, so because we're only allowed to take sort of 100, 120 people there, and then we're going to be doing uh, European River Cruising events coming up on between the 21st and 24th of March. So if people go on our website, they can have a look at that. But uh, people, are get, you know, we used to to, uh, pre-COVID, Canada, Alaska was probably the biggest selling destination for Phil Hoffman travel. We would send enormous number of people. It is, you know, when people ask me, what are some of your favourite destinations? Canada, Alaska sits right up there. European River Cruising sits up there. What is that, so, do you think? Oh, just what they offer. The, you know, Canada is just a, a beautiful Stunning. place. Lovely people. Mm. Uh, every day there's more scenery that just goes, oh my goodness, can't get any better than this. And then the next day it does, you know. Mm. So to see the rocky and experience the Rocky Mountaineer and then go to Alaska, which is the wild, wild west of you know, Alaska. It's just fantastic to see again the scenery, the wildlife and that. So put the two together and you've got two unbelievable destinations. And so it's always... Now, I reckon I've done Canada, Alaska six or seven times taking groups away. 
I would do it again because it is so fantastic to see and experience it. So I can you see know. you in the wild, wild west. Yeah, <laughs> especially I in, you'd fully spe- yeah, especially it. in Alaska. You go to a couple of those saloon bars and you can just imagine what it was like when they were, you know, chasing gold and etc. There, oh, and you fine. can relive that because you hear the stories of, you know, the gold rush up there and the Klondike and everything else. Because they so. really hold on to their history. There, oh, don't absolutely, they? and they're very well knowledgeable. Uh, yeah, about that. and it, and it's just great to hear that you mm. know the old timers talking about it. But you walk into some of the saloons in some of the streets in, in Alaska, uh, some of the cities there, towns, as we call them, and you think you can just imagine what it was like when, you know, the miners were looking, you know, for gold and, and getting gold. So, yeah. you know, it goes right back. But, you know, Australia had that same sort of gold story as well. But yeah, Alaska, the scenery that, right? is absolutely stunning. A lot of people think it's all ice and it's cold. It's not. It's not. It's a magnificent place to see. And the best time, we, we say, for people to go is between May and September. That is when okay. it's stunning periods there, and uh, we do the you know the Rocky Mountaineer, which is an unbelievable rail journey through the Rockies, mm-hmm. coaching in the Rockies as well, and then cruising up the Inside Passage to Alaska. Unbelievable experiences, as I said. Having done it so many times, I would do it again. And I know all the people that are taken away, they would all do it again as well because it's just you know one of those destinations that you – one of the things you put on your bucket list, got to do it. Oh, it does. It sounds beautiful. Well, we're going to take a short break and then coming up afterwards, we'll be talking to Ian Rankin, who is the Chief Executive of Tassie Vacations. Sunkissed beaches, legendary cities, ancient ruins. Return to travel with the destination experts, Phil Hoffman Travel and Holland America. Line sailing five oceans and experiencing seven continents for almost 150 years. Holland America Line is the perfect cruise line for explorers, foodies, and music lovers. Explore Europe on amazing cruises. Hurry, limited time offer only $99 deposit per person. Phil Hop and Travel, proudly South Australian, and here for you. Visit pht.com.au. Jade Robran on 1395 Adelaide's 5AA. Good afternoon to all of you. Thank you very much for joining the program. It is 17 minutes past two o'clock. We're talking travel with Phil Hoffman Travel. And in the studio with me is Phil. And today we've got a special guest, Ian Rankin, who is the Chief Executive for Taz Vacations. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Jade. Nice to be with you. Nice to be with you too. Now, Tassie, it's it's known for being such a great place for travel for all seasons. And I have to ask, during COVID, everybody just seemed to fall in love with your beautiful little <laughs> island, your state. That's certainly been our experience, I have to say. We've been very fortunate to be coming out of uh, the COVID uh, period. The last couple of years hasn't been good for anybody, but uh, Tasmania is certainly rebounding very, very quickly. And, and, and I know through... And you were yes, great the way you kept the borders open for, especially for South Australians. It was one of the few places that over those, mm-hmm. you know, last two years that we were able to get people to. And the feedback has just been fabulous, Ian. Yeah, that's great to hear, Phil. In fact, we know we've, uh, we've had many, many bookings coming from your offices around South Australia and, uh, we've had great feedback from the people that have been down here. And one of the things that's been evident of Tasmanian tourism for many, many years is, uh, it's been one of those sort of, destinations people have always aspired to go to but they've never actually pressed the button to go but given that in the last uh, 12 or 18 months there's been no opportunity to go overseas and some other destinations have been off the radar so to speak that opportunity for people to visit Tasmania has been well and truly there and uh, they've loved what they've seen 
And uh, that word of mouth is definitely perpetuating into a lot more travellers at the moment. Yeah, it sure is, Ian. And Ian, the other thing we've noticed, really noticed, is the extension of time there, you know, staying much longer than ever before. You know, we're seeing people saying, oh, you need a good 12, 14, 15 days. And that never used to be in the in the past, you know. But I think, again, like you said, the word of mouth is people have discovered it on their travels and coming back and saying, you know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to do a longer time and I'm going to really see the place in detail. So I think you, you must be seeing that in the figures as well, Ian. We definitely are, Phil. In fact, I, I, just as I was waiting to come on air with you, I heard you talking about Canada, and to be honest, I think there's some parallels. Uh, you mentioned about the depth of history and the stories that are told about the Canadian history and so forth, and, and I think Tassie's got some similarities, not to draw too long a bow, to be honest, but uh, you know the, the history that we've got here and uh, the new industries around whiskey distilling and uh, the winery industry and so forth. So the, the layers that people can actually explore in Tassie are far more than what they ever used to be. You do often hear that, you, you know, Tassie... New Zealand and Canada are, yeah. have got a, a parallel. It, it, and spot on because Shirley Harris, mm. uh, who's taken probably three, four of our Canada Alaska journeys with the you know, the Rockies and and uh, and Alaska, uh, said exactly the same as you just said. Then Chris, uh, uh, sorry, Ian, she she came back and said you can compare it to Alaska and Canada with the beauty of the place. And as I said, uh, Shirley's been a great tour leader for us. But to hear of that, and she just drove a van around in and just sort of oh, explored. Right it for 12, 14 days. So you're spot on there. Ian, we're going into autumn and winter. Tell me about, uh, tell me, sorry, Canada. Tell me about Tassie in uh, this time of the year because I think it's a great time to be travelling. Oh, it sure is. You mentioned earlier, you know, Tassie's a great place for all different seasons and we have, you know, like much of the southern parts of Australia, we do have distinctly four seasons. And it's very evident in the last 10 days, two weeks that uh, you know, those, the nights are starting to get a bit cooler, which we enjoyed a lovely Pinot last night here at um, uh, Barnboogle on Lost Farm, Phil, which I know is an area that uh, <laughs> oh, you're very, very fond of. I, and, uh, I have. I've played golf on both of those courses, uh, Ian, and, um, you know, probably didn't do it justice, but uh, the number of people that want to play in those two courses and also, you know, taste the wines in that area, which is fabulous. Uh, it's beautiful, but the, the nights getting cooler tend to lend themselves now to that uh, evening meal with a Pinot and some Tassie cheese. So we <laughs> we did that justice. I'm not sure we played our golf the same <laughs> ability this morning, I must say. But, but it's missing you, Phil. It's time for you to come uh, back. No, it, it is, Ian, and I need to go there. Now with the direct flights, it's made it so convenient for us to either go straight into Launceston or, or into Hobart. So we're very lucky now with those direct flights, uh, Ian. Yeah, I, I played uh, golf today with some visitors from from, from Sydney, in fact, and uh, they they were commenting about just how easy it was. The hardest part of their journey was getting across Sydney to the airport. <laughs> so, you know, once, once you get that direct flight, if we're talking South Australia, it's literally only an hour and a half. It's a hop, skip and a uh, jump, isn't it, It is. If very, you had very a easy. weekend to spare or a long weekend, what mm. would you do? What would you recommend doing? Well, I know where Phil would go. He'd probably come straight to Barn Boogle, but uh, <laughs> for anybody who's not as passionate about golf as perhaps he, um, Hobart and Launceston as the two gateways that you can fly direct into. Yes. Let's talk about Hobart briefly. Um, a great city, a beautiful waterfront, harbour harbour city, smaller scale than Sydney, of course, but um, lots of things to do. You've got wineries in, in the anywhere within 15, to half an, 15 minutes to half an hour. 
And uh, I know that when I spoke to Phil last year, we talked about Mona. The, uh, <laughs> I was waiting for you to tell yard. that. Yeah. yeah uh, just tell people. Just tell people in what Mona uh, the, the initials stand for. Um, Mona is the Museum of Old and New Art. Yeah. But okay. it's 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 really it's quite a difficult thing for even me to describe. Yeah, I know, I know, I know what you're saying. It's way out there. I always I warn people, I say, now don't get upset, just take it all in because it's modern art and it, like it Chester is. Osborne's cube <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Just let but, your mind go nuts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, got exactly. It. Yep. <laughs> and um, very, you know it's very confronting. <laughs> the um the owner of Mona he provides everybody with a little um an iPhone app that has a love and a hate button on it, and oh, wow. all he asks is that when you when you view the art art uh, installations, he asks you to press love or hate. And <laughs> he, he loves he loves it when people hate it. So he, he likes to confront and challenge people. So uh, it's been great. It's, for it's an amazing event. Yeah, Ian, it's been great for tourism for to have the Mona because everyone wants to visit. But also, you've got some new hotels down there as well, Ian. That yeah. uh, the yes. Yeah, it's been, um, I mean, you don't build hotels overnight, obviously, no. but uh, Hobart for a number of years has been undersupplied with really premium high-end accommodation. And to be candid, many years ago, getting finance to build or, or invest in Tasmania was always a bit of a problem, to be truthful. Uh, but now there's people lining up and uh, we've just had a new Marriott hotel open in Hobart, literally almost on the waterfront. And there's three or four others around Hobart. So there's plenty of capacity and Plenty of four and five star options, and our restaurants, I can tell you, are back thriving again. It's great to see the people around, and you know we've all been in a sleepy uh, period for a, a couple of years. I call I call it a COVID fog, uh, and we're just coming yeah. out of it. Uh, but you we guys are. have done you guys, uh, Ian, have done a great job, and I really think it's fantastic because, as I said, it's really given our people a chance to go somewhere and at least you know yeah. get a taste of travel, and they've loved it. And as I said. Ian, what's going on at the moment? Is there some specials out there um, that we can offer our listeners uh, that uh, will get them thinking about going down there in autumn and winter? Well, Phil, um, the best way to see Tassie, in my view, to experience the great diversity of Tasmania is to self-drive it. You can do that in a couple of ways, and um, one of which, the very popular way, is to, to fly with those direct flights you referenced. Uh, pick up a hire car and we've actually working with an operator down here now that's just introduced electric vehicles so oh, fantastic. the horrendous the horrendous price of uh, fuel as it is right at the moment yeah. mm, um, now I think we're about $2.20 $2. a litre or something um, there are electric vehicles available so that's a great option and Tasmania's actually our government here and indeed our tourism industry are 100% behind um, the stated mission of becoming carbon neutral by 2025 and, uh, you know, that's not a long way away, but we're working very, very hard to achieve that status. So touring around Tasmania, whether you bring your own car over on the Spirit of Tasmania, is a, a great option for people out of South Australia. Yeah, and you're going to move and, it even uh, closer to us in terms of you're moving the terminal yes, to uh, Geelong. Yes, when does that take place, uh, Ian? Uh, I, I don't know the exact date, no, okay. but it is scheduled but, for late this year. Yep. Why is that? Yeah. So, so leaving Port Melbourne to Geelong. Yeah, well, it might just, I think, more convenient in some yeah, ways okay. for people to get uh, across there. Certainly helps South Australians to go across through to Geelong mm, and jump on the, on the ferry. Along, yeah, and cross there. While you're talking about the ships too, the other really exciting news is literally two weeks ago in Finland, 
Uh, well, there was a ceremony cutting the steel for the new replacement ships that are going to be uh, the first of which will be on Bass Strait in, uh, at the end of next year, so about 18 months' time, and those ships will actually be 45% larger than what we've got at the moment. So the ability for people to bring their car to and from Tasmania will be absolutely massive uh, from late next year. We see that as being another major catalyst for visitation to, to our island. Well, Ian, thank you very much for joining the program. Tassie sounds fantastic. And we've got a lot of specials out for our people wanting to go Tassie in this next uh, six to nine months, 12 mm-hmm. months. But again, I say to people, don't leave it. Think about it and book now because you'll miss out. And uh, there's some truth. But, you know, again, if you want a car hire or a van or whatever, camper van, you need to think ahead. But we can plan the whole itinerary for you. Keep it flexible if you want to. But as I said, great destination and the food, wine, the uh, whiskey and uh, gin bars are all out there, and everything's delicious. so close. But you know, but you still need good time to cover the island properly. So that's my message out there. Ian, thank you for being with us today. Pre- really appreciate your time. Now you've got uh, some travel offers as well: the Bridge to Bridge World Cruise with Azamara. Uh, one of my favourites is Azamara Cruises, and they've just come out with this last week: a 113 night program going from Sydney. Wow, From the Sydney, lot. under the bridge at Sydney, through right through to the London Bridge. Some beautiful stops right throughout there. But it's made up, uh, Jade, of seven voyages, seven voyages that go back to back. Yeah. So if you have 113 days and you want to do it, uh, you can jump on and stay there for 113. Or if you want to just do certain segments, say Sydney to, say, Bangkok or Sydney through to Dubai or one of those mm-hmm. segments that they have in their program, you can do it and break it up. Uh, my you know, wish is always, as many of the listeners will tell you, is one today to do something like that later on in, when I retire or do a world cruise. This is a, is really a, what we call a long line voyage, but it's the, nearly the equivalent of a world voyage in terms of the number of nights. This so, would be a real bucket list once oh, you've absolutely. retired. Absolutely. Once you've retired, this is people, what I'm doing. you know, and I, I've sold a lot of world cruises, but just to tell you, I mean, this Azamara is just a fantastic way of doing it. Only 680 passengers, just under 50,000 for 100. 13 nights. If you work that out, you know, it's it's a beautiful way of travelling. But we just released one a uh, week before, Oceana, uh, which is a similar cruise line size with their ships, 180-day cruise, 180 days. It's sold out in minutes around the world, in minutes. So that's how much the demand is, Jade, out there for cruising. So the fact that we've now got Australia open as from probably May 31st with the official OK today, uh, we, we'll see it go through the roof again because, uh, as I said, pre-COVID, we were selling to something like 1.4 million cruise travellers coming out of uh, Australia. So that we're, they're and cruising. Through the last couple of weeks, we have been talking to cruise ship operators and they've said that, you know, their, their capacity isn't 100%. No, no. And so look, for and reasons, Yeah, they and they've put in all the protocols, all the checks right. will be done, Jade. Mm. So, you know, we wouldn't get the tick unless we've done and, and all the cruise lines have proved to them what mm. they have. But they've also tested, remember, very stringent, yeah, they've been they've been actually. testing across uh, the rest of the world. Mm. So it's not like we're starting tomorrow and just sort of going tick. We will we'll test it. They've done all the testing for you know the last eighteen months elsewhere in the world. So we're ready now in Australia and. Uh, 
the green lights out. Exciting times. I've actually had a few texts to come through saying, is it starting? Is it starting? Like, yes, it is. We announced the beginning of the And if they want to ring our office now, we're, you know, we've got the bare bones of, as far as the itinerary is concerned, but each day they'll be coming in. We'll be getting messages out and we'll, every time we get a chance to tell the pub, our public about what the itineraries are coming and, and, the, and the costs and everything else. Uh, but I think they'll be very excited because, you know, even the other day, uh, our greengrocer or what veg man, he said, just can we just charter a ship and go to Port Lincolnville? I just want to get back on the water. I said, be patient, be patient. Horses. Now it's happened. <laughs> oh, that's great. Phil, thank you very no, much. Always Good a to pleasure, see Jane. You again. And if you'd like to know more about what we've spoken about, you can head to Phil Hoffman Travel website, pht.com.au. Sunkissed beaches, legendary cities, ancient ruins. Return to travel with the destination experts, Phil Hoffman Travel and Holland America Line. Sailing five oceans and experiencing seven continents for almost 150 years. Holland America Line is the perfect cruise line for explorers, foodies, and music lovers. Explore Europe on amazing cruises. Hurry, limited time offer, only $99 deposit per person. Phil Hop and Travel, proudly South Australian and here for you. Visit pht.com.au.